Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online. Just before we start, a massive thank you to whoever you are listening. Just a quick reminder, we'll be doing this show three times a week during the World Cup, but we don't always know which days it will be. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse is to subscribe, get some notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? I'm Ben James, I'm joined by Simon Thomas and Andy Howe, and there's only one place to start this morning. Yeah, that's right. Wales starting their World Cup with a first half bang, bonus point in the bag uh, in that 40 minutes as they beat Georgia 43 points to 14 in uh, in Pool D, join Australia at the top of the table and set up the clash with the Wallabies next weekend. Very much case a job done, wasn't it? Yeah, it was job done. And within that, though, a mixed bag, you've got to say. First half, very encouraging. If you look at the sort of the two things people have talked about a lot in the warm-up campaign as being concerns, there was the blunt edge and attack, and there was the scrum. And for the first half hour, both of those issues were addressed, and it was very encouraging. In an attacking sense, they clearly had seen there was um, a tactic, an identified tactic which could unpick the Georgian defence, which is off first phase, set-piece ball, a flat pass from Gareth Davis, taking them almost immediately over the game line, and then holes opening up as a result of that. The first three tries all came off the same thing. First one off a scrum, straight from Gareth Davis, Jonathan Davis in a hole, try. Second two tries, second and third ones, absolute carbon copies, off the top of the ball, the line-out, Alan Jones and Jake Ball, respectively. Flat pass from Gareth Davis, Dan Bigger, inside pass to Josh Adams, defence dissected, tries on both occasions. It was very, very effective, and it was one of those classic ones where two things – if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Put your hand down, Andy. If it ain't folks fixed, don't break it. And also, you can do it. If you can beat the team with one move and not show the Wallabies everything, it's quite a good policy. So first half, attacking was very encouraging. And the scrimmage encouraging for the first half an hour, then yeah. problems arose, which we'll go and talk about. You got, you got your hand up, Andy. Yeah, that's, that's um, thanks for on. waking me back up, Ben. Yeah, Simon there. Uh, <laughs> clearly, Wales had, uh, did their own work on the Georgia defence. They spotted that the, the Georgia had a front rower Guarding the rear there, line out, and the, the gap between that player and their outside half was too big for that person's lack of uh, speed. So, Wales, so I give credit to Wales doing their homework, whether that was Rob Howley before he departed the, uh, the, um, he departed from the squad after being embroiled in an alleged betting scandal, or his successor, Stephen Jones, or a combination of them and other members of the uh, Wales management team. Uh, it worked. They spotted it, and it worked a treat because uh, Josh Adams. He just had so much space to run into. Of course, the Georgia defense then were confused. They had to turn. They also were there, and Wales got good players, plenty of speed, who were able to finish. So that was a. It was really, really good spot by Wales, and they took advantage. Of course, they won't find it that easy against uh, Australia and probably Fiji, who'd be much tighter defending that area of the game. Indeed, that that was a sort of theme, wasn't it? In the first half, you saw Dan Bigger ran really flat, probably as flat as we've seen him for Wales. Hadley Parks ran a load of lines that were flat. It was um, back to the Jamie Roberts days, in yeah, a way, you know, where, where the, especially with Priestland when he played number ten in the last uh, two World Cups ago, it was a big tactic for Wales, where you know you'd be immediately on the game line, which is you know when you've got a player like Jamie Roberts, or in this case we've got Jonathan Davis, Hadley Parks, both strong wingers. So when they take the ball off that fat flat pass, they're virtually over that gain line already. And then when you've got a situation where it's going flat to Dan Bigger and you've got 
Adams coming off his wing, spotting that that gap at the end of the line out, it was a devastating ploy. And the first one was finished off um, by Justin Tipperick with some nice feet. And the second one, Adams went all the way. It was really effective. And then you had a, a well-constructed fourth try just before the break. Again, off a line out, flat pass. Hadley Parks up the middle, kind of Jimmy Roberts style thing. Wrap around in midfield. Jonathan Davis, Liam Williams. Job done four tries in the back. And at that point, you thought, well, they're really going to put a cricket score on here. And I guess we'll go on to talk a little bit about why that didn't happen. With the attack, though, you, you don't know if it's like Jamie Roberts style or big men or whatever. It was just all about timing. It was just putting the ball into the gap, letting the ball do the work. And the, and the, the runner, Adams or whoever, just hit in that gap at the right time. And they were just going through it without and, uh, being put on them. Do you know what it reminded me of, actually? is when Australia uh, destroyed Wales in uh, the autumn 2016 playing that flat game and uh, and effectively ending the international career of Jamie Roberts. It was very effective and very efficient in an attacking sense, you know. That was the thing that was impressive. A lot of it looked right off the training ground. And yeah. you can go in with these plans and work on them in training, but they don't always come off. But it, it did for Wales. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we've criticised the lack of uh, attacking thrust and attacking cutting edge. So you have to give credit where it's due in that first half. Yeah, and it was important for Wales to make a statement, you know, having gone into the World Cup under a bit of a, a cloud, and uh, they certainly did that. Um, of course, Georgia, I think, were, were nervous as well. Stage and, fright, didn't you they? Know, yeah. Wales capitalised uh, on that bit, but uh, fair play. Uh, they did, they, they, you know, the bonus point in the bag before half-time. I don't think any of us really expected that. No. You compare what Wales did in that first half to England against uh, a Tonga team which. Uh, Conceded 92 points, was it, against New Zealand a couple of weeks ago? And how long did it take England to get a bonus point in that game? I think it was like seven minutes or something, or less. Seven, uh, 77? You know, some, yeah, something near the, end of the, like near the end of the match. So, yes, yeah, Georgia did come back and uh, played a lot better in the second half, did come back against Wales. Second half was, uh, was a draw, but the reality is the job was already was done uh, in the first half. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I would say, though, that uh, some of the, the things that happened in the second half, some of the issues that cropped up would be a slight concern. Yeah. Um, I mean, the scrum, again, it, it was encouraging, as I say, for that first half hour. But as the game wore on, it, it did start to creak again. Uh, we conceded a couple of penalties from it, and both of George's tries um, ultimately stemmed from Welsh offences of the scrum with their power, taking them over from a line-up drove initially, and then off a tap penalty and more forward surges. So it, it did become a bit of an issue again. Um, so this Warren Gatland said in his pre-match interview, they've done a lot of hard work on the scrum. You saw that come to fruition in the initial exchanges, but then perhaps still work to be done. When, when the changes were made in the front row, he did seem to struggle a little bit there. Yeah. I think so jo- it's a work in progress. Yeah, I think Georgia may have strengthened their uh, front rows off from a scrummaging point of view. It seemed like their replacements actually scrummaged mm. uh, uh, better. And... Um, um, perhaps Wales' uh, scrum... De- I think there were already signs that Wales' scrum was deteriorating even before we made the front row uh, uh, changes. The other area, which I was a bit of concern, when he, especially as you're looking ahead to Australia with Mr David Pocock, master of the breakdown, and Michael Hooper, is that Wales had problems at the breakdown. Georgia mm. targeted that breakdown excellent body positions and drove Wales off the ball a few times. Drove yeah. right through that breakdown. Yeah. Uh, you know, Austra- you know, Australia be looking to get Pocock in there, get his hands on the ball and either slow possession or win some turnovers or turnover bounties. George, I love nothing more than to turn it into a physical arm wrestle in that situation. And uh, Wales in a way played into their, into the Georgians' hands. You know, a lot of times in the, in the second half, they were going around the fringes, around the corner, one-up runners, players getting isolated, either being turned over or being counteract and driven off the ball whereas in the occasions where it did go through wider channels 
we look much more effective you know, with, with Tipperick popping up at outside centre for the, the fifth try, I think it was. And then again, Thomas Williams doing damage in a wide channel. So I think certainly with Pocock and Hooper to come, you wouldn't want to be going around in that fashion without a really effective clear out backing you up. And I think we have shown, which is encouraging, is that when we have gone a slightly wider off quicker ball, we, we have looked good. But yeah, they became efficient in slowing and countering and disrupting our, our ruck ball. And that, that is a bit of concern. Is that maybe deliberate, the fact that we sort of tightened up in the second half, maybe? Is, is, is that maybe something the coaches wanted to see? You can uh, never tell, can you? You know, a pick and go was very useful for Wales in the Grand Slam. Um, but I think you will have learned today that where we do look quite threatening is when we actually put the ball through the hand and get Tipperick working in the position where he is so effective because I thought he was tremendous today, Andrew. Do you agree? No, he's a one-man team at, uh, <laughs> at times. You know, because the amount of what lineup ball he was winning, for example, and then... Is working loose. His link play is tackling how quickly he gets up off the uh, off the ground. Just the, the you know the, how much how much grass he covered on a pitch and his his handling work. I mean that uh, try that um, uh, when he gave the pass George North North, North put the kick ahead for Thomas Williams to score. That was like watching Comrade Smith playing. Well, you've said before, you, you think know? you should play in the centre on occasions? Well, and I'm uh, glad to see people who know their stuff, former <laughs> players of ilk, like uh, the likes of uh, Ryan Jones, Shane Williams and Oliver, uh, you know, have said the same thing. Because he straightened master- masterfully, he straightened, drew his marker, again, gave a perfectly timed pass, which put North away. North drew his mark and put a kick for, for Thomas Williams' score. It was classic midfield play. Uh, he was into everything. He's a, yeah. a real class. I think it's interesting as well. I've said this before on a number of occasions. I do think he plays at his best when he's got like real workaholics alongside him in the back row who can do a lot of the nitty-gritty stuff. And Tipperick and Wainwright certainly fit into that category. It frees Tipperick up a little bit, bit yeah. to do what Justin Tipperick does best. I think it's one. I think it's really good because you think about that man. He's got a really fine career, you know, consistently excellent for the Ospreys, never lets Wales down, classy player, but he's had to spend a lot of his career not as Wales' first choice open side. I think it's good, you know, he's, he's late 20s now, he's coming to a world stage as first choice seven, and he's able to show a global audience just what a quality rugby player is. And he could be an absolute key weapon for Wales in this World Cup. And interestingly, even when Warburton did retire, sort of, it took him a, sort of, a while to get the jersey because of the emergence of Josh Navidi. And he had injury and issues. And he had injury yeah. issues, a cushion against Italy that Italy, might be before yeah. or after. But he almost tried to sort of play in, in the Warburton role, yeah, yeah. sort of be be a sort of breakdown spoiler and, and, and stay in the sort of central channels of the field. And ironically, maybe it's the injury to Falatau that's that's maybe seen Wales go back to using him in the in, in the wider channels because Wales like to have two forwards sort of mm. out wide and Ken Owens is, is very much on one wing and Falatai would sort of stay on the other in the way they play with the pods. Me, perhaps so that was a case. That's, that's probably the case. And but then uh, having Wainwright in Navidi, as Simon yeah. says, just gives him extra license. Yeah, but perhaps it was a case today, though, that the opponents they were playing because uh, um, Tipperish played in the Six Nations like Warburton, played a Warburton game, concentrated on a breakdown. He was like watching Warburton. But uh, uh, today, this is the most license I've seen him have in a Wales jersey for some time, whether or not, as I said, that was due to the circumstances of the match and the opponents or a different tactic. I don't know. What's interesting there is maybe the back row balance is better with the um, immediate eight and Wayne Wright six, which allowed him to do that rather than having starting with Ross Moriarty at eight. Um, is, yeah. is, let's, you know. let's, let's talk about that. Obviously, that was one of the big headlines coming into this match was that Wayne Wright was playing and that Moriarty uh, was on the bench. 
Do we see any reason now for Gatland to change that going into next week? I mean, you know, from what I could see when Moriarty came on, um, you were kind of expecting maybe when he was unleashed for him to be sort of a lot of pent up anger and being left out. But I mean, the game was kind of a bit messy when he came on. Wales were on the back foot quite a lot because I say the scrum was uh, creaking a bit by that stage. So he didn't make a huge impact when he came on. And I think if you look at the way that that back row went as a balance, it was quite good. Although I do have the caveat in there, there's a slight concern about the work at the breakdown coming up against Australia. We do need, I mean, clearing out of the breakdown isn't down to one man, is it? You know, it's down to an approach in terms of, you know, the sort of latching on when you go in as a carrier and having, making sure the support is there. And it, let's be honest, George were very efficient at the counter It's a, you know, it's an art. You don't often, you don't see it enough in it because you, when you think about it, like it is quite hard when teams like when Wales play Ireland, you know, we've seen it before Ireland did it against Scotland as well. You know, when teams are very efficient at keeping the ball, it's horrible playing against them. And the counter can often be the most effective way of doing it. But obviously, you're kind of reliant on one-up runners becoming isolated. So that's something. We'll have to be more efficient. We'll have to be more efficient in their clear-out and maybe take the decision not to go in those areas in attack and maybe look to play a wider game more often. Yeah, but that depends, doesn't it, on what sort of platform you do. It's uh, true. You know, if you're on the front foot, you know, it's, it, you can't just throw the ball wide. But we couldn't get our phase play going. We were very potent on first phase attack, yeah. but we couldn't really get the phase play going because the recycling wasn't as efficient as it has been at other times. In yeah. fairness, Wales have been potent on first phase attack for a number of years now because... Ostensibly, it's it's the the easiest place to attack from, isn't it? It is the best time to attack because there's more space on the pitch, and when you've got people with your with footwork like uh, Adams, and you've got people who can uh, time their runs like Jonathan Davis and Andy Parks, and uh, George North is dangerous. Liam Williams, great in uh, space. Gareth Davis, you know, is a really good sniping scrum half. That uh, yeah, that's when Wales uh, strike. Um, it was funny because it, what George did in the second half is what you've been expecting, spoiling, disrupting, turning it into an arm wrestle. It just took them 40, 45 minutes yeah, to get that of, game going. The match sort of happened in reverse, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It, yes. you kind of thought Wales would come away and it didn't really happen like that. But I mean, I suppose the, the encouraging thing is if you think about Wales this year, generally they're recycling and they're clearing out. It's been good. They managed to retain ball quite well. They just need to sharpen up on that area going into the Australia game. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how it's officiated, I suppose... Um, Today, a, a contest was most definitely allowed, but that's not always the case, is it? Um, I think there was one ruck where there's about three counter rucks, which. Yeah. What did you think of Luke Pierce today? Don't always happen. The ref? I thought he was uh, pretty decent. I thought he got it wrong with the. Uh, well, I thought it was a knock on and potential uh, yellow card for Gareth Davis in the uh, first half. But I'm amazed that Luke Pierce, even though I think he's developing one of the best referees in the world, I'm amazed he's not a referee of Wales game when he's uh, born in Wales. Lived had lived in Wales for some of his life. Pontypool rugby supporter played for Wales Exiles and what have you. Surely it's a conflict of interest there. I would never, I would imagine that'd be allowed in football by FIFA. What do you think? Um, I think he's a good referee, and I think he just referees the game in front of him. I can see what you're saying, but I my 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 concern has always been getting the best referees out there. He's an RFU referee. I don't have a huge issue with. Would, it would you want uh, uh, Wayne Barnes to referee England against Wales? He lives just over the border. Oh, you see, he's from just in public. He's just in the Foster yeah. Dean, right on he's the border. He's an RFU referee, though, isn't he? Yes, so. So you, so you wouldn't be impossible, would it? Huh? Huh? You're just saying about nationality. <laughs> I st- huh? still trust him, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, that. Not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that about Luke, but he, he, you know, you know, but he's in some respects, I think he's been put in a position. 
right? There we go. I don't know where we're going to go next, but I want to get there quickly. Well, I think what we need to, <laughs> the one thing that did come out of today. Ben, um, in your case, Ben, probably for lunch. The one, the, <laughs> the one thing that did come out today, we'd obviously been looking at it, that gamers winning was important, bonus point was important. Getting through it injury-free was another one. And there is the one concern which yep. we're waiting to hear news on. I mean, hopefully it will be good news is, is Ken Owens because in terms of the spine of the side, he's absolutely crucial. He went down knee injury. We had on the, the ref, Mike, say he had a little bit of a click. Stayed on. I think there was one more scrum and then went off. So, I mean, that's, that's a, a, you know, a big, big one for us. If you look at it, keeping making sure that he gets through and available for Australia is very important because he is a key, key experienced figure for Wales. Yeah, and that's scrum. He stayed on for Wales got pummeled backwards, and you know he was in all shapes. And uh, front row pushed over, and um, you know couldn't have been any good for the, for his right leg or any other part of his uh, body. What a what a good day, and it's good to see him. Then was hauled off by Wales, and let's hope the see the damage won't keep him up because he is a key man. No fingers, and, yeah, fing- yeah, fingers crossed. Line, you know, less as well the line because the line out today was hundred percent. It was, yeah, it's been, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, was 100% and also two big steals in the first half. You know, Alvin Jones got his big giant paw up there, pulled the ball out of the air. Um, it's been a strength for Wales throughout the summer. They've carried on in that vein. The line out driving more was quite yep, effective in the, the second half. It almost led to a try, led to the yellow carding with the guy pulling it down the only way they could stop it. The line out's a real strength. Real, real strength for Wales. Definitely. And I think you will see them attacking off that, both with the quick ball off the top and with the driving mall against Australia. It's going to be an absolute pivotal weapon for Wales. And it's good to see it working so well. Yeah, I think there was, there was a driving mall very early on in the match. And my immediate thoughts were, against Fiji, that's a 10-point start to the match. Yeah, it's, it's It's that much of a strength for Wales and it's that much of a sort of Achilles heel to defend for Fiji, I thought. That's almost like a 10-point start. Yeah, it could be because, you know, you, the things you look at for Fiji would be their defence in the uh, uh, driving malls and plus the scrum. So, you'd, uh, you know, Wales would hope, even though the scrum flagged a bit in the second half, they'd put some heat on uh, Fiji in that facet and make some like, run with the organised driving malls. I suppose the one counter to that is Fiji's weakness there was exposed by Australia, who will look to do it to Wales, and in fairness, Wales did concede a try off a driving line-out today. Yep. So work to be done there. I think if you look at it, Adam Beard has become very important to Wales's line-out defence with his octopus arms. We know he's not going to be available against... Was, uh, was Shingler on the pitch at that point? Uh, no, I don't think he was. come on? I'm not sure, because he's Cause, been very cause again, he's, he's sort of telescopic, fit, isn't he, with been, his arms? He's, you know, they're very, very good at that. Um it was well organised. We know Georgia. we know Beard won't be available against Australia. Shingler probably will be, I guess, maybe yeah. not involved. Depends if Hill's on the bench. So, yeah, I think the the two things are going to be. There's probably three areas, aren't there? They, they, they haven't got a huge amount of time, but they want to sharpen up in terms of the ruck clearouts on their own ball. They'll want to make the scrum a more consistent force. You know, look at why things fell away there, and the line of mall defence. So there's three things you'd need them to sharpen up for the World Cup. I'm Headley Parks, and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Really interesting point, which is, let's say Corey Hill is fit for next week. Would you bring him onto the bench, and then who would be your back row? Would you go with Moriarty, or would you go with Shingler? Because if we're talking about how Wales playing at the minute, the best way chance they've got is is you know being dynamic, being athletic in the wider channels. Then it's it's surely Shingler over Moriarty, isn't it? 
Well, I would have 5-2 split on the bench, so I'd have them both on the bench and have only two backs. Who would be the backs? Thomas Williams, because he can play on a wing. And uh, Pacho. With Tipperick as your outside centre cover. No, you've got, <laughs> then you've got George North. George North is your centre cover. No, I think they'll stick with the formula they've gone. I think you'll have the same starting team, providing Ken Owens is fit. I think Hill is important to them as a leader in the group, and they'll want him involved if at all possible. If they feel he's ready, I think he'll probably be on the bench. And in fairness, Jake I, Ball was the official man of the match today, did did yeah. well. Right. You know, I, I probably would have given it to Tipperick myself, but I think Ball had a fine game. You know, that second row partnership is working well, line out strength. You know, they're playing as a good unit, and I think Ball will come on the bench. Ball on the bench. I'm sorry, um, I'd have uh, Hill on the bench. Definitely yeah. start with Ball. I think it's too much of a gamble to have uh, Hill on the bench. And, uh, and you wouldn't have Hill in the twenty-three just, at all. No, no. I'd have, like I said, I'd have a split. I'd have him mm, and Shingler right, the net okay. because my concern would be if Hill came on early, say after two or three minutes of Alan win or Ball, and then Hill breaks down again with a stress fracture, then Wills Allen would be in trouble. But I suppose that's where you come down to your medical advice, isn't it? You just have to look at it, and if someone's on the bench, you have to be, accept the fact he could be on for seventy-eight minutes. So they'll, they'll have to make that decision. And uh, you know, the noises are that they think he's going to be involved, really, don't they? Actually, funny enough, speaking of Corey Hill, um, I've I've got the Wales presser right in front of me as we're recording this. I've got Doc um, with Doc, funny enough, Matty Sizecombe out there. Yeah, let's wish you Matty as well a happy birthday. <laughs> it's it's his birthday. birthday. It's his birthday yep. today. Happy birthday. But, I think he's uh, he claims he's only 27. Yeah, and, and that. Um, but speaking of Corey Hill, uh, the news from Gatland is that he's still not quite right and potentially could be at the World Cup. Well, that's a big blow, and that is a, a serious issue because, as I say, he's very much valued within that setup. And um, you would be if he if they did have to make that decision, it would be intriguing to see what they did in terms of bringing a man in because we did talk about this before, didn't we? You know, with the fact that they've got an extra back five forward there with James Davis, might they decide to bring in another prop to give them more options in that situation? So, I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, it's, I don't know how definite it is at the moment, but. Doesn't sound great, that does it? Well, the question's been put to Gatland, and is he out of the World Cup? And the response is possibly. With yeah, Gatland, yeah. when Gatland makes that type of response, I would suggest that Hill is going to be out of the World Cup. I, I think as well the fact that you've got Beard not available at the moment, and if they're looking at Hill and Beard both not ready for the next game, it's probably comes to the point you have to say, well, maybe Beard will be ready at some point because you know it's it's a different issue. He's got recovering from the appendix. They, how long can they feel they can go with two unfit and unavailable second rows? So, so will they? What would they do? And do you think they would bring in Bradley Davis, who was in the squad, or would they look to bring in another position? What What do you think? Well, I think they'd have to bring in Bradley Davis, man who knows the systems, was in the pre World Cup squad, trained with them, experienced campaigner. Mm. Uh, because that's what they need. Know, they, they're is, gonna isn't need. It? They're yeah. gonna need. I'm not thinking of the Australia game because it's probably too late to get someone over there for them yep. to take a part. I'm thinking more of that Fiji game and Wales are going to need bulk against Fiji. Mm. And then if you look at uh, further on in the tournament, if you play someone like England or South Africa, you're going to need bulk again. So, uh, you know, Shingla to me is probably a bit light to play. Long, well, long, it's long, very much breaking news games. for us, that, isn't it? And that does change yeah. the context of what we've just been talking about. And I think you're right. I think in the terms of bringing a prop in, they probably would just think, well, we've got five props here. If we need to make a change because of an injury to a prop, we do. Where's our need at the moment? Well, we're short in that second row. 
So, yeah, you could see Bradley Davis. I mean, I think I can't see them going outside the training group realistically. I mean, you could, no, you could talk about someone like Seb Davis, but, he, you know, he's not been part of that. I think Bradley would be the obvious one. If that is true, it's very sad for Corey. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Wales have already got plans in place for a replacement, and uh, you never know. Replacement could already be on route or certainly on uh, standby. Yeah. Interestingly, um, something Gatland spoke about, something which I was going to touch upon, which, you know, we talked about the Wales attack. Um, and he was asked whether they were hiding back moves. And he said he didn't think they were. Um, but then we do know that they've got a few things up their sleeves. He well, mentioned it again himself. Yeah, it, was, it was interesting. They were the very first line out. They put both Hadley Parks and I think Jonathan Davis, or, two, or John, Parks and Josh Adams maybe. Yeah. Like, so I think we might see a bit more of that as the tournament goes on. What, what are we expecting them to pull out of the hat against Australia? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> We saw some moves today. Uh, they could try something. They did a lot. Of, they did a lot of wraparounds, which they, we haven't I, seen, didn't they? Say, Off you, Ken you know, Owens. I remember George North made his debut. The wraparounds. He's got two tries. Wraparounds against South Africa. We haven't seen those for a long time. So you got wrap around and we had, and the move, the great uh, move where Wales got a cracking try, and I think you were uh, analysed against the All Blacks a couple of years ago when Owen Williams was involved and Alan Amos. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Remember yeah, that yeah, move, remember that move, the wraparounds? Yeah. That was a really complicated move. It worked a treat against the world champions with, I believe it was bigger, Owen Williams, bigger again, Alan Amos and Scott, was it? Scott, Scott Williams. Williams Scott Williams finished it in the corner. There. Yeah, you know, something like that. Of course, as we already stated, they can ask me going forward to try those moves further uh, wider out. Yeah, and you wonder as well whether they might take a little leaf out of Fiji's book. If you look what Fiji did against them in that first half hour against Australia when they really rattled the Aussies, it was two things. They looked to attack and use their power in wider channels for, through Tua Silva um, and Rodrandra, who had been moved to the wing. Um, Reese Hodge, we'll probably mention again in a few moments, he had an uncomfortable first half and he, he was sat down by Tua Silva. Um, so... That is something that they targeted, and where the Wales look to use the strength and power of George North in that kind of situation. George had a good finish today for Wales's final. Yep. I took it very well. Um, Josh Adams looks in a really dangerous form at the moment. You got big, strong men in the back division, so I think it'll be, they will look to employ those strike runners. The other thing that uh, Fiji did very well against Australia was physically they got in their faces, disrupted the Australians. They didn't like it. There were some huge hits coming in. So I think, and Wales, you know, that I would imagine more than ever, the old Sean Edwards line speed and big collisions would be right up there. And some of the hits of Josh Nevey, there was one hit Navidi put into there on the on the, on the six for um, for Georgia. I was glad to see Navidi because they he had a little bit of a wobble in the in the last couple of games in the in the um, summer. He looked right back on it today physically in terms of his defensive work, you know. And yep. uh, yeah, it's uh, intriguing and. Uh, you know, I think today has given some encouragement, a lot of encouragement in attack, and let's see if there's got anything more aces up the sleeve. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned how Fiji went against Australia because not to the extent of Fiji, of course, but I think Wales will use offloads a hell of a lot more against Australia because I think that's how Wales are going to create mismatches in this tournament. Yeah. Is, is an offloading game, um, not necessarily out in the backs. I think we'll start seeing people like Alan Wynne Jones sucking in three tacklers and then just giving it out the back, not not sort of massively on the game line, but it just it just helps, doesn't it? Well, so I mean, Corey Hill has done a lot for Wales exactly. as well. You know, that, that second man in, or, or you've got the two forwards, there's the quick pass from the first forward. Yeah, I think hands, quick hands, quick hands are going to be key. And, um, there was, you know, the, the passing accuracy was good today, generally, certainly in the first half. Yeah, the other area where Wales could look to play is around Karevi. 
because even though he's great going forward with the ball defensively, he's not always uh, on it, and he can be caught. You can play either side of him, and he can uh, he can take the wrong defensive option, and his scope perhaps to get past him without getting hand on you. But then again, you know that comes from those flat sort of um, balls, and you've got to be have a bit of got to be going forward to do them. You can't do them going backwards. Oh, you're yeah. going to get pummeled. Wales are also yeah. going to have to be on the money defensively because, um, Wales, so, you know... Wales are going to have to do a big job on Australia up front to play that type of game. Karevi and, and Karabati on the wings, they are mighty ball carriers as well. So yeah, I think collisions is going to be massive in this game. And uh, space is going to be at a minimum. Yep. And when you get your opportunities, you've got to be clinical. That's why I'm encouraged today because... There was a clinical edge from yeah, Wales. Yeah, I think as well, Wales, they've got to look to target Christian Lee Afano if he uh, plays outside after Australia. Got to look to have a go at him, run at as well, run at him, send Jonathan Davis a paxer and run straight at him. And James O'Connor was tested physically as well. He was bounced off a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Bum, what, James O'Connor, what James O'Connor is good, though, that was the centre when he got the ball, is letting the ball do the work. He's such a good footballer. Mm-hmm. Would we do what Fuji then and bring... Obviously, Josh Adams isn't the biggest wing, but George North is. Would we bring, do Fiji think bring the wings in and have them run at sort of the inside centres like James well, O'Connor? Well, well, Fiji actually kept quite a lot of width with their wingers and they they got the ball out quickly to us over. And he was, well, their wingers just ran over people, yeah. you know, and Radrada, I think, had nine carries in the first half, you know, which is probably as many as you'd usually get in the centre, perhaps more. But I'm intrigued to see whether they go, you know, whether what Australia do now because... Um, Obviously, there's this disciplinary hearing pending yep. on Reese Hodge, and I know I've nailed Malakelis to the mast on it. And I said we, Ben and I, we were we were sat here, Andy, on um, Saturday morning, and immediately we were saying, "Oh, that you know, he's lucky to get away with that." The more I saw it, the more I felt that it had been missed by the officials. It's a red card. Uh, my view when it was that, as much as anything, he just got his tackle technique horribly wrong and ended up sort of arching his right his shoulder, his right shoulder, into the player. And the the initial collision, as far as I my view on it, I've seen various stills in it. It looks to me that the initial collision is um, shoulder to the chin of Yato would be such so impressive from Fiji. Ended his game off with concussion. I think any any rap there was is a bit of an afterthought. And we've talked about it today, Andy. I'm sure Australia will put up a strong defence. They'll show different clips or whatever. I thought it was a red card offence. But then you're not sure that him missing the game would be that much of a no, bonus for Wales. No, I, I thought it was a reckless uh, challenge, but I hope he's uh, well. I hope he's found gu- uh, um, um, guilty, but they don't give him a ban because of his incompetence tackling. Because I think it would be good news for Wales if he actually played. Because Strong. I think he's a, he's a player. Nice. I think his com- his confidence was was disappearing in that match as he went because Fiji destroyed him before that, and it seemed to me he just threw himself up in the air. At uh, Yato because he didn't think he had any hope of uh, stopping him. He was like a, uh, an airborne speed bump. Um, but yeah, so I would like to see Hodge playing because I think Wales could have uh, could have a uh, you know could prosper from that. Let's get George North uh, running at him or uh, Josh Adams, who I think is a, a lovely rugby player. He knows exactly what he's uh, yeah. doing. Could his footwork is magnificent and he reads the game so uh, well. I think he could as also prosper against uh, uh, Rhys Hodge. Uh, I suppose on a more serious point, or you know, Michael Checker complaining about Fiji having cited Hodge. I think Michael Checker, he's a mouth, um, uh, a loud mouth. I would love Wales to uh, to to silence uh, this weekend. You know what he was saying was totally to go now, totally after all this. and uh, utterly uh, utterly wrong. Because after the game on Saturday, he claimed he didn't see it. He was just excited. He wasn't as I said. I've seen Wenger. Yeah, yeah huh? the Arsene yeah. Wenger approach. Yeah. Um, 
Well, the, the the key to this is he, he hasn't got a leg to stand on in that one, I'm afraid, no, because the rules are quite clear. If you, look, were, at the, if you look at the framework, the, the, the legislation. Well, not only that, but the legislation is clear for this World Cup in terms of there's a 36-hour window for a sighting, and for the first 12 hours of that period, the opposition side, the victim side, if you like, in an offence, they are allowed to raise issues with the sighting commissioner. That's the rule. Fiji did nothing wrong. Absolutely. Um, it's been pointed out by a few people on social media that it's it's ironic that Fiji will probably lose out doubly now because Australia will be that without a player in a match that they probably want Australia to beat Wales in, but that's the way things go. We're through the first round. It does, it does, just, it does, finally. Just, just one on. little point on that. Even if Australia, um, even if Wales beat Australia, Wales are still going to have to beat Fiji. Probably it could be you know yeah, it could yeah, be a three-way yeah, yeah, but... fight for the uh, for, with two teams going through. It could. So there's always there's still assuming Fiji beat um, Uruguay and Georgia. It's still going to be sending on our Wales BG match. Okay, just just as a quick fire, we are with through the first round of matches now. Obviously, there's still four teams left to play, such as the nature of the the pools. But those matches are done. Who's impressed? Who's disappointed? Nice and quick fire. Country or individual? Um, uh, New Zealand and South Africa. I thought it was a really high quality uh, test match, and wouldn't surprise me if both those teams country. get to the final. Yeah, there was an. I mean, I said it before the tournament. I thought that that could be repeated in the final. Um, if you look at the main candidates, New Zealand, very very clinical again in attack. South Africa came back and showed, made it a good contest. Would make a good final, I think. England, um, set piece platform is there, but they made a lot of handling errors. I would expect them to get sharper. France Argentina, fascinating game. It was a cracker that was France flying away with, with Peno and Dupont showing what they can do as an attacking threat. Then Argentina coming into it. England has still got two tough games to come there against Argentina and France. Ireland, or yeah. Ireland, or I think we need a particular mention, right? Yeah. They had a very tough game against England and Twickenham in the warm-ups. But you saw against Wales in Dublin, it was back to the old Schmidt template. Carry, 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 green wave after green wave. We saw the same against Scotland. When they're in the mood, you need another rugby ball against them. And they were in that mood. And they, you know, they slipped under the radar a little bit. But if they play like that, it's going to be difficult to beat them, anybody. Well, it's looking like an island already. It's looking like an island, South African semi-final. And that'll be quarter-final. A cla- uh, quarter-final, sorry. And there'll be a clash of two massive packs to play a similar uh, type of uh, you know type of game. Um, Who disappointed them? England. Oh, England. Okay. Why do you say that? It's, and Scotland. Yeah, yeah Scotland, and Scotland. Scotland. Scotland were as expected because of, what did we say? Oh, did I say pre-tournament? Expecting Japan to beat them. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, and England, I thought, were disappointing against uh, Tonga. You know, they were. Uh, the one player who did, Japan, Japan player did impress me, mind, is uh, really stood out for them because I think he's a magnificent player anyway. He's great to see him back on a pitch. Strutting his stuff as Anthony Watson. Yeah, his running is lovely. But I thought also Manu Tulagi in that outside yeah. centre. But he's not, when he's fit and firing like that, because he's got the power to go through people and the pace to go away, he's, I think he's virtually unstoppable. And he could be an absolute star of this tournament. Yeah, he's also, he's I'd got also, his hand up again. Yeah, I'd also as well like to give Simon Thomas praise because he came up with his list of how many young players to watch at this World Cup. Uh, about 20-odd. Uh, yeah. And I must say, the ones who've played all, all, so far have really, uh, Sean, we're talking about your uh, petty uh, your, your Pinots, your mm. Duponts. And I had um, Yato as well in there, the Fijian. You know, Boffelli. Boffelli. I mean, it's been good. There's, you know, I sat down last night and tried to pick out a team from the first, you know, well, everyone's played now virtually. I think I think it's Samoa and Canada and USA still to come. But Uruguay. Uruguay. The, the, all the big hitters have had a game now. And if you look at it, it's there's been some outstanding individual performances. I would mention one in particular, Ardi Surveyor. 
we talked about him going into the tournament. He, he, I thought he was just magnificent. Yeah, and I thought Peter Steff to toy. Was well, you had two fantastic well. blind sides. Yeah. Yep. Well, just, hey, uh, it's been really enjoyable. It has. Yeah. It has. Those Matt Saturday, Super Saturday was super. Yep. And it's only going to get better from here on in um, because from George we well, face well, Australia. Yeah, Wales, Wales are giving me a big lift today, I must say. You know, Good. Uh, you know, after everything it's nice, nice to see you come in, Monday no, with a smile well, on your I'm, face. I'm a neutral. As Wales are giving you me, are. I'm a neutral. You right. know, I'm looking at it analytically. But Wales, you know, I don't think Wales could have done it in that first half. They certainly couldn't have done any more. They put down a, a marker and that will concern the next opponents, Australia and anybody else they face at this World Cup. Absolutely, all the build-up to that one will be coming throughout the week, plus the latest on Corey Hill, that news uh, breaking as we speak. But until then, you can catch everything on Wales Online.